Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run, a running enthusiast, influencer, and marathoner, and I love everything about running. As passionate runners, we look to use our knowledge and draw on past experiences to provide you with cutting-edge science and insightful information. We are going to be unpacking the fascinating topic of running with all-stars, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to not only help you improve your running, but also ensure that you experience maximum joy with every step that lies ahead in your journey, wherever that may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People stare themselves blind against the, 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 where they have the symptoms and then against the diagnoses. And then they just focus on that area. Instead, what you need to do is you need to understand that that structure is part of your whole body. And what are you doing with the rest of your body that could place more strain on that structure? I mean, how far removed are we as human beings from being able to utilize our feet nowadays? Very far. <laughs> and is that a big part of the problem? Yes. And what I've also seen is that people have improved their times. People have taken half an hour, an hour off their times. Your shoot tells you a story. Davey on the run. Nicola Akampora. How are you today? I'm good, bro. You good? The body I, holding up. How's I, the training? My training was good. I had a surprising I had a surprising week. Let me tell you about my week. I think Sunday, Sunday I finished, last Sunday I finished like a fairly big week, like I think it was like just shy of 130 and on Saturday we did that 40k mm -hmm. and then and then remember I felt I had like an ankle injury and I was like, mm, it's oh, not feeling, feeling too feeling great, a bit, uh... I was looking like a donkey and then <laughs> Sunday I went for a 10k run and I messaged you and I'm like, get that, get that bike ready bro, I'm, I am not running this week at all. So then rested Monday. Went on Tuesday for a little tester and miraculously my injury healed, healed overnight. Oh, my God, he's healed. Hey, run through the pain. So, yeah, I had a good week. Tuesday, Wednesday, it was a long week, eh? but managed to get 116 Ks in with five days running in total. So I'm happy. And you? Tell me about the Drakensberg. Yeah, no, I went on an altitude training camp for myself. Without me. Without David. Didn't even get an invite. I gotta get the, I gotta try everything to get ahead of this guy. <laughs> he's he's holding me back, man. <laughs> but um, no, it's been it was a good week. I've also been uh, uh, sort of nursing a little niggle after our North Coast Ultra. I think all of the beach running really took it out of my one particular calf, which was quite interesting because it didn't hurt during the day. It didn't hurt the day after the injury came on. I, would, I say injury, it's a, it's, it's a loaded word, but I call it an awareness came on uh, at the, the, the week after the Ultra. And it's just something that I've been nursing. I still managed to do 100Ks, 110Ks with it. It's not, it wasn't a massive... Give yourself that. Davey has a look at my stats every day. He's like hoping that I'm not going to run more than him. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to think that I've gotten through it. I uh, had a little bit of physio work done on it because I was just feeling tight. But I think the important thing with that is, uh, you know, the importance of listening to your body for, from both of our sides. I yeah. think you knew when your body was feeling a little bit worked up and I'd done a little bit too much work and you were like, okay, I need to get on the bike and do a little <laughs> bit of... <laughs> I was downtime. fully prepared. So <laughs> at the same time, we're just, we're testing out. We're seeing yeah. what our bodies can do, you know, and the goal might be 160, 180 or maybe 280 like prodigal, but no. 
not right now. But uh, you know, we we have to be realistic as well. We got this goal coming up in ten weeks with comrades. No, and I, I was looking at the days. It's I think it's seventy days. Yeah, it's close. It's ten weeks. That's ten weeks. That's yeah. crazy. That is yeah. crazy. So you know, this is the important time. This is crunch time. And for me, you know, missing out on a couple of track sessions for having a nice. Uh, high mileage week in the Berg. I think that was the most, the biggest priority for me last week, and I'm glad yeah. I managed to get it done. You said something that really resonated with me. I, I think I think you you skipped a run during the week, and you're like, you know what, Dave? I'm not gonna look back after comrades and think about that one run that I didn't do. I'm gonna think about my overall training. Mm. So whatever's gonna help you, you know, overall. And if that, yeah. if I think we, I think as runners, especially now, we get so into our heads that like you're trying to get every single week's high mileage and this these pressure points. And if you miss one day, God forbid it, then your whole week is mm. you're not gonna get your hundred k week or whatever. But is it going to have an effect on the overall training? That's a definite no for me. Yeah, and you got to learn to prioritize. I mean, I had one of my runners asking me the same thing, like saying, I didn't get my run in today. I was feeling so tired, but I promise I'll do a run tomorrow. And then I was I was like, well, if you look, if you're feeling tired, you know, what's going to help you more? Have a little bit of an extra sleep in, have a rest, or go for another run when you're tired? And the answer for me there is you got to listen to the body. You got to learn when to rest. You got to learn when to push. And I think that's what makes the best runners. Yeah. And you also have to learn about the right pair of shoes to wear and your foot issues and how to deal with foot issues before they become something that pull you off of your running journey so do you want to tell everybody about our guest today so our guest today is Nelfrey Kemp. She is a podiatrist uh, with a special interest in uh, foot and lower limb biomechanics. Some might say a foot fetish. Foot fetish, but she is not a foot doctor. She tells no, us live. And she dives into the details of running shoes, how to know what shoes are the right shoe for you, the importance of strengthening your entire kinetic chain, and how our feet should be able to do everything our hands do and more. Nelfree, thank you so much for being here with us today. We'd like to just uh, start off with hearing a little bit about your background so that our listeners can get an idea of who Nelfree Kemp is. Can you enlighten us a little bit there? Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I really feel honored with these two elite athletes. I'm a bit worried <laughs> what you're going to ask me. Elite? <laughs> Yeah, that's ever a compliment. Since, eh? since we, won, we won one race, podium yeah. one race, and now we're officially elite athletes. It's all about the training, Dave. Next year in an Amazulu FC hey, jacket. Hey, hey, it's my, it's my past, my soccer past. Prodigal made me feel very comfortable about go. being proud of my past. I'm surprised it's not a Juventus soccer show. Yeah, I know. I've stopped supporting Juventus this year. It's been a bad Juventus, year. Juventus, sorry. Been, it's been a bad year for Italian football, so I'll I stay. wouldn't know. I really I'll, don't I'll, care about I'll, soccer. I'll, I'll stay out of it. But now... Podiatry. How did how did you get uh, to where you are today? What made you decide to to follow this path as a podiatrist? And just give us a a bit of a background as to your studies and where where you've gone through from from then on. Okay, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was eighteen, and I but I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. And to be honest with you, a family friend who's a serious runner spoke to my parents and told him that he went to see a podiatrist and everything that they did and my parents and maybe me thought it's a good idea to go and study that <laughs> and I just went through the motions applied got into it studied podiatry it's a four-year course it's similar to biokinetics 
um, physio, it's sort of along the same lines. And then I started practicing straight after my studies. And it took me a few years to figure out what sort of I'm passionate about and what I enjoy because I feel that the type of profession that I'm in, it, you work from your heart. It's all about passion. There are certain conditions or stuff that I don't enjoy treating and I've managed to develop my practice in such a way that I treat the stuff that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and those are also the people that I network with for referrals and all of that. Okay, I have two questions. Yes. So question number one, are you a doctor? Are you no. A, no, damn it. So you're not a, you're not a foot doctor? No, I'm okay. not a foot doctor. Okay, and the second one is clearly, do you love feet? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, I don't have a foot fetish, definitely okay, not. Okay, because that was like the burning question that like everybody's no. been dying to know about. <laughs> so you don't have a foot fetish? I don't have a foot fetish, but I always look at people's feet and their shoes and the way is that they not, walk. Is that not a fetish by definition? No, no. because it's not as if I fall in love with people's feet. Or okay. I don't touch them. So, you're, so you're a lucky husband. You don't look at his feet and sometimes go, you have gorgeous no. feet and you give him a nice rub. And no. no. Okay. Do, I'm just clarifying. No. Okay. Do you think it's important to love feet to be a podiatrist? No, it's important to understand mechanics. Okay, there you go. And, oh. understand, and understand what shoes do and how people walk and all of that. Yeah, and I think obviously running is so... You know, what's so important for running is shoes. And I think it's such an important part about running. But even me, like I'm pretty clueless when it comes to pronation, under pronation, supination, neutral, neutral, all of that. I, I know I know the differences and I know that you are or you aren't. And for example, when I first saw Nick, I was wearing a pair of stability shoes, Kayanos. And I was like, I am an overpronator, what a what And he said, no, bro, you're a neutral runner you will eventually run in neutral shoes. So it's so important, but I think a lot of people that run just have absolutely no idea about um, about their feet. So in your opinion, if you are looking for a pair of shoes, what's the most important thing to look for? And what would your advice to anybody you know, that's looking for a new pair of shoes be or, or, or just give us a bit of insight into how you could ba- basically help runners um, find a pair of shoes? Okay, so you need to buy a shoe that complements your foot mechanics. Every single person's foot mechanics is different and you need to find that shoe because the aim of a shoe is to improve the running. And that is why all the technology, why they keep changing the shoes because they want to improve the shoe to improve the running. So you need to go out there and find that shoe that works for your foot, which becomes more and more complicated (laughs) because um, with all the shoes that's out on the market, with everything that people can Google and what they can read, and then every t- single time a new model is brought out, the shoes are changed. So mm. there's quite a few factors and it becomes not more difficult, but it is just more specialized every every year. And I find that if I go and buy shoes, and I think I do know a bit about shoes, it's complicated because I don't know what to choose, when to choose. I really have mm. to... I, Sometimes I think I just know too much and then to go and choose the shoe. Maybe if you know as little mm. as possible, then and it's yeah, easier. Yeah, like you said, I think the market's so flooded at the moment that you go in there and you almost get overwhelmed because yes. there's this new technology, that new technology. But then taking it back to basics, in your opinion, what do you look for when you're okay. trying, to, trying to find a pair of shoes? So first of all, there's your stability shoes and there's your neutral shoes. So it used to be anti-pronation shoes and neutral shoes, which changed now to stability. What you need to understand, and that's often where people get it wrong, is that a stability shoe cannot fix your running problems because that's a whole new sort of a different box 
your you were designed to follow a certain pattern when you are running and walking. So don't expect the shoe to fix it. And then also with a stability shoe, it all depends where the stability is and how strong the stability shoe is. Is it mainly in the heel? Is it in the midfoot? Is it all the way along? Um, what type of so different stability shoes? But but the point is, don't think that a stability shoe will fix your problem because often people have that perception yeah. that it will do. Then I would say a neutral shoe is a good place to start and not necessarily all flat feet are pronating and not all flat feet need a stability shoe. There are some people that have completely flat feet and they run in a neutral shoe and they do long distance running and they'd run very well. So yeah, so what I would say, what I would say is that you First, start with looking at a neutral shoe. But then what you need to remember, it's always good when you go and try and choose that you try on different brands. Mm. And then in that brand, there might be four different neutral shoes in that specific brand. And in those neutral shoes, there might be where there's some of them have got the latest technology that allows um, like sort of a more sturdy plate in the shoe that allows for a quicker toe off. Some will have a higher toe spring in the front. Yeah. Others will have a higher stack height, you know, so it's all those things that you also need to look at. So if you go out there and look for a shoe, I would say go for a neutral shoe to be safe. And then what's important is that you buy the shoe the correct size. So it needs to be one size bigger than your normal shoe size. Mm, really? <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> because your feet elongate when you run. And there's also slight swelling that you might not even see. Nick, what size shoe are you? Um, I run in, <clears throat> well, I'm somewhere between an 8 and a 9, but I run in a 9. Okay, but so you don't size, throw a size up? I do generally. Yeah. It, it, it just based on how, how it feels on my foot. You know, I think a lot of it, a lot of what Nelfrey is explaining, it's, it's difficult to put it down to an exact science because there's so much that goes into it and there's, there's so many different variables. It, Feel is the most important thing. But now if you tell someone you've got to try five or six different pairs of shoes, it's exactly it's the exact same thing that Nell is saying. It's like you overcrowding the system. It's just you don't know after trying three, four, five, it's ten stressful. shoes. It all feels the same at it's the stressful. end. So yeah. that's I think the the hardest part is for a runner to figure out the one the two or three shoes that they should be trying on and making their mind up based on those three. Because I think any more than that, it becomes extremely overwhelming to to know what is right and what is not right and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And what feels good in the shop might not feel good at uh, 30Ks in a long run. There's so many different variables. And I think the other problem is, you know, with the changing of the science behind each shoe model that comes out, it becomes extremely difficult to know what you're getting, whether this version is the exact same as the previous version and the previous version may have worked for you. This one doesn't. So it's a hell of a tricky thing. It's not, it's, it's not straightforward at all. And that's why I think professionals like Nelfria are so key to the entire game because they know the latest science behind each shoe. They'll know exactly what, what each shoe is doing like i know the other day we had that trial run where we tried a pair of shoes on and and now you can say the brand uh, go ahead. do you, you want to go ahead yeah go now? ahead it was an asics gel nimbus 24 okay, that but we tried. Tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> no i enjoyed it I, okay. <laughs> I had a good run it was the first Nelfie time also loved yeah. it but i'm saying like someone like nelfie can take a look at that shoe she can try it on she can run in it she knows exactly where the shoe is good, where the shoe perhaps could stand to improve. And I think, you know, it's it's a constant game of improvement. But at the same time, the, the research you look at, and there's like heaps of research on running shoes and all of that data, it still comes down to 
okay, all of that is important, but find what's comfortable for you. And that's the most important thing. So how do you sift through that? And where, where does a, someone who's listening to this podcast even start? Would, would going to see a podiatrist be a good starting point or perhaps giving, getting an analysis done or anything along those lines? What would you say, Nell? So what I would say, there's two factors. There's the technology that goes into the shoe, which is the one thing that you can read up. And then there's the other side, your foot mechanics. So you need to find something where those two meet, you know, and, mm. and a happy place for that. So what I would suggest is if you don't have any niggles is to go to a repeatable running shoe shop with staff that's trained in the technology of the shoe, but that are also maybe runners themselves and understand that they're not going to try and sell you the brand because yeah. what works for the elite runner, and I have people that come in with carbon plates, they say, oh, but this is going to make me, it works for that elite runner. Yes, sir, you're not an elite runner. I'm sorry <laughs> to break this to you, but um, so, so <laughs> I mean, it's rude. But, but let but them dream. <laughs> Like, come why, on. Why are you crushing yeah, people's don't, dreams? If they want to spend like 5,000 rand on a pair of carbon fiber shoes, <laughs> let them spend five grand. Um, you said something very important there. You said reputable store, right? Because I've often wondered, and I'm not dissing any retailer here, but like you see Total Sports has like a run analysis and the Sportsman's Warehouse. And, and, I, and I sort of kind of wonder if you got in there and if you are getting a run analysis done by then, I mean, what are you going to w w walk away with? So would you, would you t tell people to only go to a, a certain you know, range of stores that, that, are, that are specializing in that? Or, or, or am I wrong? Free for all. Go to Sportsman's Warehouse. No. So, so what I've done, I've actually... Yes, you, you name drop so much that I get nervous. <laughs> Don't get nervous. No, this, is, this is a truthful Freedom podcast. of speech. <laughs> so... Um, I, I have certain shoe, uh, certain shops that I refer people to, and there's certain people at the shops that I also refer. If, if people come and consult with me, then I say go to that specific shop. It all depends which area you're from. Go to that specific shop. Speak to, shop. Speak to all these right, specific yeah. people, and then try on these brands of shoes. So it's usually three brands of shoes in that specific model that I say try that on and see what feels comfortable with, um, for for your foot. So then let's try and be as helpful as possible. In KZN, I know Durban Run is great. Okay. The, the the, the Durban Runner is great. Sportsman's Warehouse and Gateway Philip. Mm -hmm. The other staff at Sportsman's Warehouse is also, um, th they trained. I used to, before COVID, I did a bit of training with, with Sportsman's Warehouse. So th the staff are knowledgeable and they are very good, especially if you go there and you say to them what's up. But also when I go into the shops, I often hear things um, you know what people say, and then the guys here at Lifestyle um, Sportsman's Poobie. Warehouse. Oh, I do no. a lot of I do a lot of work with them, and then also um, Pubinadus. And, and the thing is, is as long as those people don't just try and sell you the latest technology, yeah. um, and just because obviously they get trained in the shoes, and I often say those guys in the shops will always know more about the shoes, the technology of the shoe that I would know because I just don't have the capacity to, and that's why I rely on the shops. But at least, um, yeah, I, I can guide you. But yeah. I guess the downfall in that is yes, they might they might know the technology behind the shoe, but are all of them as well equipped and understand biomechanics of the individual coming in as no. well? Because like you said, yeah, it's it's the two shoe. elements, right? So it's the it's the shoe and it's the individual. So obviously the individual plays the bigger role. I think from my perspective, you know. A shoe is a shoe. At the end of the day, yes, you get certain shoes that are better designed for your foot and, and will work better for you. But I think a lot of people look at things like shoes and orthotics and, you know, those, those types of things that are just going to sort them out 
in one way or another and are looking for sort of the easy way to sorting a problem out. Whereas biomechanics, I find, obviously that's where I'm trained in. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of elements that people could look to stand to improve in biomechanically where they would rather just splash five grand on a pair of yeah. shoes to, to just quickly sort a problem out. And, and that's one thing that I see all the time. They think that the shoe is going to make you a top runner. And then they also come in and they're worried about the weight of the shoe and... All I want to yeah. say is just lose weight. <laughs> yeah, you know? say extra hundred gram less. <laughs> so, yeah. so don't. Want, but 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 the the things. The, well, the things that I come across in my practice, because what I always say to people is that I don't see happy feet. I see usually problem feet that come in with shoes that's given them problems, you and can, that is and that's what I base my my opinion often on of which shoes I prescribe and which I don't. So. At the moment, the problem that I see is where the midsole of the shoe, which is the heart of the shoe, which is where most of the technology lies, they've made it too soft. So what happens is when you put it on, it's beautiful. It feels like you're on clouds. But the problem is, is that it's... Um, it's like marshmallows. It just collapses underneath your foot. So it's wonderful, feels wonderful in the shop. But the problem is when you go out on the road, mm. it actually distorts your mechanics. And you might not have a problem and that will just make it worse. The same is for the upper of the shoe. Especially those stretchy materials where, just, where you put your foot in and it feels like a glove. Oh, but we love that. Runners love that. You, you put it on and you go, this feels so nice. Oh, Davey never unties his shoelaces. Never. Do you not ever untie his shoelaces? <laughs> oh, my word. No, I do. Can we... <laughs> no, I, I, I do this. I kick them off like that, and then when I put them back on, I untie. And then no, but do you know that you damage the heel counter? I'm sure, I do. So that is what I do all day. So I say to me, don't buy a shoe that's too soft, um, in the midsole and the upper. Buy a shoe where the tongue is not built into the upper of the shoe. The tongue needs to be loose from the upper, if you understand what I'm saying, because then you can tie your laces properly and the function of the lace is that your foot and the shoe should function as a unit so what happens is that if you just slide your feet in and out of the shoe your foot's going to float around inside the shoe and that can cause problems and if you just push your shoes off and tie the laces you damage the heel counter which is also crucial in well you end up getting mechanics. calf injuries yes i found the problem Nick, I found the problem. You're kicking your feet I'm no off. longer coming to gym. I'm going to Nelfry. <laughs> so that is what I do all day. I cannot tell you how many laces I tie in a day. Really? But, but, yeah, because I just... You can tie my laces. If I were to take my shoes off right now, would you uh, uh, do me a foot an analysis? Maybe. Yeah. There's not We're enough not sure okay, sorry. analysis. We are <laughs> here my to to But my toe is looking a bit sketchy. For those of you listening, Davey's almost about to stand up and sit in Nalfrey's lap, take it, take a shoe off. and We're sitting next to each other, so it wouldn't be a... Okay, no, later, later. <laughs> yeah, so, so, okay, swiftly moving on. Yeah, I um, want to move on to something that you mentioned, and I think it flows nicely from where we are now. Uh, obviously, talking runners, foot injuries and runners and lower limb injuries, you know, that's the sort of stuff that you're seeing mostly with runners at your practice, I'm assuming. Yes. And what would you say are the most common things that you're seeing in runners? And what could podiatry do for those certain things? Can I guess? Is it ITB? <laughs> no. We're not talking so, foot injuries now. So, yeah. so, so okay. uh, no, no, no. Good but, try. So, so uh, I feel as I'm giving long answers, but... We, we like the long answers. Okay. It's, it's very helpful. What I see most of my practice is that people are not pushing through their big toes. So 
to answer that question, it's going to sound in a very long-winded way, but it might actually enlighten a lot of people with running injuries. You cannot view the injury, the diagnosis that you've been given. So people love plantar fasciitis. They walk in, any foot pain, they say, I've got plantar fasciitis. Who's diagnosed you? Where you've seen it? How long you've had it? All of that. No, I've Googled it. Okay, my friend told me or whatever. I'm so happy for you. But don't stare yourself blind against your plantar fascia. We all have a plantar fascia and we all have a plantar fascia that stretch and that needs to work on our foot. Can you just explain what a plantar fascia is? Because I'm... It's, I don't know. It's, it's a, a structure and it's a fascial band underneath your foot that mm-hmm. runs from your heel to your toes. It has a bowstring effect. Okay. But what I, the point I'm trying to make is that people stare themselves blind against the, 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 where they have the symptoms and then against the diagnoses. And then they just focus on that area. Instead, what you need to do is you need to understand that that structure is part of your whole body. And what are you doing with the rest of your body that could place more strain on that structure? So what I always say to people is your body was made to walk and run. Every single muscle ligament was designed in your walking pattern is divided into different phases. And it was designed specifically to activate during certain phases of the gait cycle. So if you're going to activate it during the incorrect phase of the gait cycle, you overload or overuse that structure, being it a fascia, a ligament, a muscle, a tendon, a joint, and that is when you become symptomatic. So when someone says to me, I've got ITB, or straight away I'm thinking, yes, it's next to the knee, it runs from your glute to your knee, but your foot could have an influence on that because what happens with the position of your foot. So can you see that's then where shoes come in. You can't wear a shoe that's going to alter the position of your foot into something that's going to place more strain on the rest of your body. Mm. And to add to that, I think, you know, as runners, you your, your feet are the things that are making contact with the ground. So whether that's 180 times a minute or 160 times a minute, depending on your cadence, that's where all the problems start and end as well. So, you know, if you've got poor foot biomechanics those that is going to lead to poor knee biomechanics and poor hip biomechanics and poor shoulder biomechanics even when you're with your arm action and vice versa you know the whole body's connected we Nelfi and i always talk about the concept of this kinetic chain and it really is complex but at the same time it's it's simple things are connected they go from one joint to the next and if you sort out a problem somewhere it's generally going to sort of make its way up or make its way down and the foot is only only a part of that so i mean in terms of podiatry in general and and the work that you do specific to the feet if someone does come in with suffering from some element of plantar fascia or even achilles tendinopathy that's called the the, the common ones that that i personally see what what would your approach be with that individual so my approach is first I look at their shoes. When did the pain start? How long did, ago did it start? What makes it worse? What improves it? Obviously, if it's if it's a running injury, we first assess your running shoes. I want to know your whole running history of your running shoes. What shoes were you in? When did you change? All of that. I look at the wear pattern of the shoe, the outer sole, the insole, all of that. And then um, I also... You're like a shoe detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then... Some forensics as well. Yes, yes, yes. I use... She cuts some shoes in half sometimes. She does. She does. (laughs) (laughs) So then... um, And then also look at your everyday shoe wear. Because what happens is that if if you're in the incorrect shoes every day, it changes the position of your foot, which is going to have an effect on your kinetic chain. So then tell me about wearing slops. (laughs) Because I wear slops all the time. If people stop wearing slops yes. and they wear the right shoes, I will be without a job. 
So keep wearing slots. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest cause of foot keep problems and foot injuries is shoes. And that, that's where your calf issues are coming from, Davey. Because no. what happens is you change the position of your foot to hold on to the slops. But they're so comfy. And Crocs? Are Crocs good? Don't lie to me. Are they good? <laughs> they, I don't like to discuss brands on a I'm, on No, open I'm being dead media. serious. Cro- I'm saying Crocs. Like, if you say Crocs are good, I'll go buy, I'll go buy a pair of Crocs. Because I want to wear slops. So the Crocs... The, the only thing is, is that when you walk, the foot and the shoe should function as a unit. There shouldn't be a need for you to hold onto the shoe, to grip the shoe. So if you wear Crocs and you have to grip to hold onto the Crocs or you drag your feet like sliders, then they're not ideal. So go so for Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. And use Nelf, at, at Nelf 320 <laughs> for... We're naming all the brands now. We're just putting Nelf in the deep end. You can say Schmirk and Schmocks and Wox and Hardy Das. Please, guys, I should have made you agree Ma- on this beforehand. We're not allowed to mention any okay, names. Okay, 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 okay. okay. We'll refrain. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll move swiftly past the question. Re- refer oh. to slip, slop, sliders, you know, those type of shoes. Okay. Clogs. Okay. So then I want to know, are brands making new shoes for the sake of making new shoes? Like, have they, I know obviously there's new technology coming out, carbon fibers and all of that, but obviously every single year, there's a new addition. And are they messing with a good thing? Yes. And are they doing it just because a runner comes in and a runner has a version 23, but they don't want to buy a version 23 again. They want something new. And obviously, if they're not going to get something new from that brand, they're going to move to another brand. So brands are having to constantly come up with newer versions by changing little things to it that ultimately can have an effect on the whole shoe itself. Is that correct? Yes, and, and that's one of the biggest things, uh, the causes of running injuries that I see is the change in shoes. Because what happens is that people go and buy a new shoe, and obviously they're trying to improve the technology of the shoe to make the shoe better, but the problem is they change the shoe. So they either change the type of midsole material that they use, or they change the width of the shoe or the length of the shoe. And that's an, another thing too, the, the sizing also changes with between the different brands and between the different shoes. And the other thing, which is just my humble opinion, is that all this technology that's great and makes 100% sense on paper and that improves your kinetic chain and encourages you to push more through your big toe is tested on elite athletes. So that elite athlete has already the perfect mechanics or or near perfect mechanics to be an elite athlete. So whatever, and I always say to people, that guy can most probably run in any shoe and he will still beat all of us and he will still be very good. So it gets tested on that, and then you have couch to 10Ks, and I'm not an elite runner. I'm sitting here with two elite runners. Let's just get that clear. So when I, no, I, don't, no, no. Mock, I don't mock anyone, okay. is that it causes problems. Because then you go to the shop, and you see, oh, my word, this is the latest technology. This is going to encourage me to push more through my big toe. And then it's too much shoe for your soft so, tissue. So how far gone are we? In terms of like, when did when did they start messing with a good thing? Like, when did you see like the best shoes coming through? Could you say? Do you know? Is it like five years ago where where things were like really looking good, and then it sort of took a yeah. took a turn? At, at the moment, we're in a bit of a difficult phase with a lot of the shoes because there's a lot of changes that occurred, and there's obviously a new technology that they're trying to get into the shoes, and it is like because inevitably the they're going to run out run out of stuff to. 
But, but, but the thing is, one thing that I wish that the shoe companies, and I know they're not going to listen to me, but if they make, if they make one shoe. We'll change shoe, that. Come on, Hoffrey. If they make a shoe and they call it the whatever. The laugh and style. The life and style shoe. <laughs> Good one, Nick. If you want to get new, if you want to get new technology and change your shoe completely, stick to the life and style with the technology that it's got, and rather start a new shoe, eighty-eight FM. Instead of changing the life and style, because that person has been running in that life and style, he's True. done ten comrades in it for the past fifteen years, and now you change it, and what happens is that then he buys the eight, the the life and style with all the new features, and it changes it completely, and it changes his running, and it change and, and it causes injuries, and that is the reality. What I see every day. Yeah, but then you'd end up with like a hundred different variances of one yeah. shoe brand, and I mean then stock would become an issue and. Uh, it's not my problem (laughs) (laughs) make it the shoe brand issue so whilst we're on shoe brands and not naming any brands what is your point of view on super shoes so we mentioned a couple of carbon fiber plates and super shoes oh that's what they that's what they call what 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 is your point of point of view those those? shoes are great and they're great for people like nick and (laughs) davy okay now, if we're not allowed to mention any yeah, brands, you then you're not, names. you're not allowed to talk about us as elite athletes. Can Nick we put that out there? waving his finger like you have no idea. <laughs> you are getting a scolding, my friend. In my eyes. But in any case, no, oh, so I love those shoes. I love the technology. It's great what it's going to do for the foot and for the mechanics and improve all of that. And there's definitely a place for that because you must realize that people with such good mechanics that use those shoes, it really improves their, it really improves their running and it makes it more energy efficient. But then you also have the other side. It's not with for injury. freaky running as 10K, this couch to 10K. No. No. And, and you know what? There, there, there could be loads of people out there. And that's what I always say to people is that to get my opinion on a shoe is a bit distorted because I only see problem or mm. I only see feet that, feet that experiences problems with those shoes. And those brands that you've dropped, I mean, those are very popular brands. And a lot of people are wearing those shoes that are most probably that rave about the shoes and are so comfortable. But sadly, I only see the feet that experience problems in those shoes. And that's why I've got so many pairs of shoes, because I have to try out every single shoe on the market so that I can make my own opinion. Yeah, I've also, I've, <laughs> how many pairs of shoes have you got, Davey, that you run in currently? And we know they're ASICs. You don't have to, we can say that. <laughs> I, honestly, Are you embarrassed? I'm a bit embarrassed. I think I have like 14 pairs of shoes at the moment. 14 pairs of shoes. And Davey, in your humble opinion... Mm-hmm. What do you use those shoes for? So, which shoe would you use for certain certain types of training? Is there uh, any science behind that or any? Sure, that's a loaded question. Hey, <laughs> dropped one in my court. I'm asking. Um, no, so I I obviously love a neutral shoe nowadays. I love the carbon fiber shoes. The Meta Speeds by Asics are, in my opinion, a great shoe. And then I also like wearing half carbon fibers. So I use a pair called Magic Speeds, also obviously by Asics. That's like a, a general shoe that I use for faster sessions, but I can also go and do like a 30K in it and I have no issues. Then I really enjoy the Nova Blast, which has got quite a big heel stack. Um, that one is quite soft, but I also love that. And then you get your Cumulus, your Nimbus, and, and then obviously the trail shoes. Yeah. And do you run in all of them? I try and change it up as much as possible just because if you can, like I don't experience issues with any of them at the moment. 
I see it as like training your stomach. Like, mm, I think it's an important thing. I think having a lot of different pairs of shoes and different brands and and swapping out between them. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nell, but I think it helps a lot in making your feet moldable to to that change. You know, if you always if you're freaky, always wearing life and style for the last ten years, and that's all you've worn, yeah, and now life and style change a shoe. Now you have a problem. Yes, I know it's 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 a bad thing because it's a fault with the brand but also you could have foolproofed your body in some way by adding some different elements of different shoes when you were training and there's certain shoes that are better for certain types of training and i'd like to chat a little bit about that so i'm, I'm a big believer of that i mean i also have I think yeah eight to ten pairs of different shoes that, yeah, I, that and, I run and in. it's great to rotate them especially i mean nelfi in your opinion i mean how many k's should you be going in a pair of shoes i think i think the number for or an everyday runner, everyone goes on 1,000 Ks. But, I mean, a lot of other runners go 800. So then, I mean, I did the maths yesterday, actually. If you're running 100 Ks a week, that's 400 Ks a month, then a pair of shoes is lasting you two months. So then you need a pair of shoes. Uh, you, need, you need six pairs of shoes a year. Obviously, if you're running... Not everyone runs 100 Ks a week, though. No, but I'm just elite. saying, I'm just saying... <laughs> So, I mean, it is also important just to keep swapping shoes out and, and to have those options. So I agree 100% with Nick, and that is where your mechanics come in. So you need to strengthen that kinetic chain, strengthen your foot mechanics. But the question is, are you going to do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then. Good question. You, Good, question. Good question. Good question. I mean, that's what I question. see every day. So, no, no, no. I'm not I, I do also it. see it. So, so it's great. <laughs> okay. And then the uh, uh, with the different shoes... It's, it's definitely, it's good, but I'm just a bit worried about the softer shoe. Does it affect your mechanics? Why is your Achilles tendon sore? And have you, have you seen a pattern with the shoes that you wear that, that maybe sometimes makes it worse or improves it, or even the surface that you train on? We can take that one offline. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good one to, to, to speak about. <laughs> I mean, we don't no, have to talk no, about no, your shoes no, in particular. In all honesty, like, I've suffered from calf pain for quite some time. It's been... It's been worse at times. At the moment, I'd say it's manageable, but it's something that's clearly there. I haven't run in my softer shoes in, in quite some time, and I don't really run in them just because I've gotten to the point where I, th I think I'm going to start doing some damage. So I, I kind of avoid those, but if I had a new pair of those tomorrow, I would put them on and I would run you know, flat out in them. And I would be pretty interested to see if my calf issues did flare up because it, it is a constant issue of mine. Also, your calf issues could be due to the biomechanics. And mm. uh, Davey has been in gym once in the last two months. Uh, I need to make our listeners know this. You actually so, make me feel better. I mean, it's accountable. not that I'm comparing myself with you, but I'm like, very relieved. I was waiting for him this morning at five, just didn't rock up. Bro, you, I, I landed from the airport <laughs> at, like, at like 10 o'clock last night. I had to sleep. Priorities, eh? You yeah. need sleep. Sleep yeah. is the most yeah. important yes. tool of them all. I agree. I'm waving my finger at you now. Uh, fingers are getting waved <laughs> everywhere today. But I mean, to answer your question, I think, you know, certain shoes for different conditions can help. Like I find I've, I've been nursing a little calf niggle that I had two weeks ago after our ultra. And now it's, it's fine. It's gone. But in order to keep running, I found that if I if I was using my my super shoes or my shoes that basically bypass my calf mechanics, 
my calf was absolutely fine and I could still maintain my training levels. I could still run and run my hundred kilometer weeks whilst running with that shoe. And I know that it's not ideal to be training in that shoe because then that makes my running actually a lot easier than what it should be. Mm. Um, it's a good method to try and, and sort of manage little niggles before they become something big. So I think, you have to be very in tune with your body and you have to have a good understanding of how your body reacts to each and every different element of your shoes. But if you can get to that stage, I think you're in a good position to, to make the right call and, and know where to, where to go from there. But, but, but what's also important is, is you can't just rely on the shoes yeah. you know, to bypass your calves or to train your calves. It's important to do the rehab. And that's something that I see every single day. And that's what we see everywhere. Davey's uh, not very happy about it. I think he's, Davey's a lazy you know what? guy. You know, what? you know what? You two are, are specialists in your field. And you know, you know, everything that you've said just sounds like a mission to me. It's like the rehab and the this and that. I'm not just, just tell me, tell me a stretch. Let me go and sort it out. Well, you do it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your videos are so much fun that you post when you're busy doing rehab. You reckon? Yes, definitely. Okay. I mean, you, 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 you should actually go and do rehab just for that reason. <laughs> when Davey's doing rehab, you know that there's, a, there's something really wrong with his body. It's so <laughs> never like a small thing. So, okay, so I think we're talking a lot about road running. Obviously, another big part of running is trail runners. Trail shoes are a different ball game altogether. I look at a pair of trail shoes and I get scared quite frankly they got like sparks hanging off the bottom and they're like just totally different to like a nice slick fast different lacing super shoe do you know what i'm saying so what would your advice be to trail runners and and you know obviously you get trail runners that are doing 10 20 but then ultra trail runners who are running for 30 hours in a pair of shoes so what you look for in a trail shoe is you want stability and you also want the response rate of the shoe to be quicker on the uneven surface so that is why I always say also not to use your road running shoe when you go trail running. Yeah. I mean, if you just go out for the first time, then maybe you can do it. But the rest of the time, rather invest in a pair of trail shoes. And then there's definitely a big difference between doing a one-day event or sort of two-day events compared to doing these multi-day, 100 miles, 100 miles because, I mean, and, and those type of things. And the, the, the brands, there are certain brands that we prescribe for those 100 milers, and then there are certain brands that we prescribe for the shorter runs. Yeah. But then it also depends on, I always say, on the frame of the person or the morphology. I believe that you love that word, Davey. Davey. Morphology. <laughs> what does morphology mean, Davey? I forgot already. <laughs> so, <Gosh. I'm laughs> in one ear, out the other, sorry. Morphology, hold on. <clears throat> morphology is your, um, or you can look at it, your frame. That's huh? the easy way. Yeah, your, your so your frame, frame, and that's a, a very important thing, is your frame has a big influence on how you're going to run, on your running mechanics, and on what shoe you're going to go with. So that goes the same when it gets to trail shoes. It goes back to it all depends on your mechanics, what feels comfortable for you. I prefer a shoe that's close to the ground, that I can actually feel the ground. I feel that I run much better. Where, I mean, I'm just nah, talking out of the house, is that my husband prefers a shoe. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> my husband prefers a shoe that's got a higher stack height that gives him more stability when he runs but you generally find that a lot of the trail shoes have a, a, a much more minimalistic approach yeah yes and then your road shoes and, and and also with the trail shoes you don't really get a stability shoe and a neutral shoe they're basically all neutral shoes mm. 
but it all depends on the amount of support that they offer you. So what is great with the, with the, with the trail shoes is when the base is slightly wider because with that wider base, you have a more stable sort of when your foot touches the ground, it's more stable. My limited experience with trail shoes, mm. when I obviously pick up a pair, they're very hard and they're very firm and they don't, nothing looks very inviting about them. So why, why wouldn't you want to now take the technology from road shoes that are making these things nice and plushy and soft and because trail running is tough it's hard on the you you don't want soft is not always good and that's what some or what what people need to understand is that your shock that, that goes through your body when you trail run is not as much as on the road so on a trail run you don't need as much is that because the the floor is obviously softer because of the floor softer not running on tar Exactly. And also it's a changing environment. So it's never the yes. consistent landing that you're landing in the same position of your foot, step after step. It's forefoot, midfoot, rear foot, different yeah, side yeah. of the no, foot, inside you. foot. Because I also, I put a pair of trail shoes and go on road and it's like, oh, it's, no. like, it's terrible. <laughs> you definitely can't do that because it's the wrong shoe. No, I'm not saying I do no. that. Like, <laughs> That's why you've got often. a golf injury. Yeah, yeah. baby. We're finding yeah, out but all Nick, these you issues said, You said, what did I say? The trail shoes were for track. Yeah, but track oh, is on this I'm just joking. Uh, no, <laughs> Sell but me down the Davey, river. <laughs> I am so happy that you mentioned that. Why? <laughs> because the, the uh, what I see is when I do go to track is that how people run in their road shoes and it collapses underneath their foot because the track is softer. Yes, I know the grass is not that long, but what happens is that it's softer surface and what happens is that your foot collapses in more. So I often go to do track in my trail shoes and my foot is more stable. When I've, the times I've gone with my road shoes, I tend to get niggles, which I don't know if it's in my head, but I, I've definitely seen that. And I've had people that go to track where I change them into their trail shoes and they can feel the improvement straight away. So for those listening that don't know about our track days here in Belito. Give it a shout out. No, not to <laughs> give it a <laughs> shout out, <laughs> but we run on grass. So we set up a track around we run on a grass, grass field. It's on not your track. At with 5 a.m. <laughs> Davey, we're not selling this. We So we run on grass, and that's why Nalfrey is speaking about um, the, the trail shoes on grass. It's not that we are recommending people put their trail shoes on to go around the tarpon track. Uh, <laughs> but to, but you do what makes you happy. Yeah, you're more than welcome to try. But yeah, I personally find that my trail shoes are much more comfortable at track, although I, I, I have worn my super shoes there once or twice. They get very dirty, and I don't like it. <laughs> But they also feel very much more unstable than what they would on the road. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend that for, for sure. And um, running barefoot? Yeah, sure. I wanted to ask that. Um, how much time do you have? Do we still have lots of time? We've got time. Go all, all we have is time. Just this before is a two-hour special edition. Just, just, just before we get to barefoot running, I just want to mention something else that, that I come across with often. There's quite a difference in the shock that goes to your body from tar compared to paving. So often along the beachfront here, when people run on the promenade and they run on the paving, it's much harder on your joints. So we've often had people where they had to change. And that is what we find is that when people start running, they maybe have an old pair of running shoes and they start off out on the, on the promenade because it's sort of a safe environment where you can run, walk and do all of that. And then it actually places more stress on their bodies. So even when you run over wooden bridges, you road running you know on mm. the promenade local promenade here you will find when you run over the wood it actually gives way and that then also has an effect on your mechanics for sure you can okay. definitely feel that like, even on the road like when you're running and certain parts of your road are 
tar and certain yes. parts of the concrete block. Like you can yes. feel, I can feel the difference straight away in my joints. Like things just don't like that concrete. It's just so much harder. So, so there's so many factors when you look at shoes. It's not just straightforward. Yeah. But, yeah, you can make it straightforward. It's deep. Okay. What about no shoes? So let's talk about no shoes. So uh, people just love to say that oh, I don't like people running barefoot because it's take business away from me. And I just want to put people in shoes and orthotics because I am not an orth- orthotic mechanic. So let me just put that out there. <laughs> it's great if you want to start running barefoot, but how much time do you have? Because what you need to understand is that you need to start investing more time in doing rehab with, first of all, strengthening your feet then doing drills, um, foot drills, and then you need to do rehab to strengthen your whole kinetic chain, and then you can go out and maybe run, and you're going to start running on grass, you know, on softer surfaces. So don't think today, shoes have become so expensive, I'm going to stop using shoes, and I'm going to continue with my 5K runs, because um, a stress fracture, I can actually say, is inevitable, or more injuries. So I'm not saying that it cannot be done, but when people come and they say, they suggest barefoot running to me, I always say to them, okay, fine, how much time do you have? And how much patience do you have? If you don't enjoy rehab, then I wouldn't suggest that you go the whole barefoot route. And then the other thing is, is that what people need to understand is that when you decide to go the barefoot route, you need to buy into it with all your shoes. You can't now go to work in your high heel stilettos or in your fancy smart shoes that squashes your foot into a certain position. And then you take them off and you go barefoot running. Then you have to go the whole hog barefoot where you start wearing the wider shoes that's going to change the position of your, uh, uh, that's going to keep your foot in that natural position. So I'm all for barefoot running. It's wonderful because it's the way that we were made. But also you will see that I always advise people to try and wear something with a slight heel, like one, one and a half centimeter heel at the back, which I know it's not the way that you were designed. But most of us went to school in our shoes. We've been walking around in shoes all our life. And now just to go to nothing, your posterior chain have already mm. shortened. Your mechanics have changed. So, yeah, if, if you've got the time, I'll take you through the, the steps and I'll get you into the shoes. But if you don't have the time. And then also, I mean, people just, well, they're very picky in what shoes you put them in. Now I'll put them into the barefoot shoes, which in my humble opinion is not always the prettiest. doesn't go so well. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't go so well. I mean, I sometimes I used to go to track and I used to do part of track without shoes on and you know, it's it's so much harder on that kinetic chain. You feel your your calves, your Achilles working way harder than what they what they would whilst wearing shoes. That that's obviously because of the heel drop that your shoes have, and obviously barefoot is no heel drop. So um, that's where that extra eccentric load on that lower part of your legs comes in. But do you think there's sort of an element where you could do a bit of barefoot running to to help strengthen the kinetic chain to some extent? I would rather do barefoot rehab where you do barefoot foot exercises and Mm. barefoot rehab, sort of stationary rehab before you can go out on the field and run or or, or a surface like that. Yeah. Um, And and then to address your shoe wear is very important, but but rather strengthen your feet, strengthen your kinetic chain, and then you can start sort of looking into that. But you first need to strengthen the muscles before you can just go out and run. And I mean, you say strengthen the feet. And I mean, that's something that I I work with a lot on daily basis. And, you know, strength doesn't happen overnight. But is it correct in saying that our feet should be able to do pretty much the same things that our hands do? I mean, they have the same 
similar muscular structure. They have similar biomechanics in terms of the joints and the abilities of the joints to move. I mean, how far removed are we as human beings from being able to utilize our feet nowadays? Very far. <laughs> and is that a big part of the problem? Yes. So, so and, and again, how much time do you have? Because if you've got the time to do all, all the rehab, we could rehab your feet. But we live in a society with instant gratification. I come in with a foot pain and I want it fixed before the weekend because I'm doing a long run 100%. over the weekend for, for, my, for my run. So that is always, it all depends on the person and what their needs are, what sort of, what the advice is going yeah. to be. There's always many times where I get people messaging me, asking me about their foot issues. And I tell them, okay, well, is that issue like, did it just happen now? Has it been there for a while? And oftentimes I say, okay, well, go see Nelfry. And then I know, like, Nelfry is always going to say, no, you need to strengthen the kinetic chain. You need to do this. But I can guarantee nine times out of 10, next week, that runner will message me and I'll say, I went to see Nelfry, sorted my feet out. Thanks so much. I know I need to do the strength work, but I'll be in touch with you. And I'll never hear from those people again. <laughs> it's always the case. Like, like you say, people want that instant gratification, that instant sort me out now. But I mean, I'm a big believer. Obviously, the time that you put in is going to help you long-term sort the problems out. And, you know, the work that you're doing short-term might make you feel good, but long-term, you're probably going to end up back to square one, if not worse. And, and that is something we so often see as when someone gets injured really badly where they cannot run and then they only have to do rehab, say, for two months, three months, that they always end up stronger after that than what they, bef what they were before they went into the injury. So rehab, I think you need to make it part of your everyday life. And if you choose to run and you take your running seriously, or if you're training for a big event, it's not just about the shoes and how much running you're going to do. It's really to go out there and do the strengthening exercises. And what I always will suggest to people, I don't believe in home programs, except if you're a really exceptional individual. I take my hats off to you. I can't even do that. I have all the equipment at home. I know not everything. I'm not a biokineticist, but I know a lot of exercises to do, and I don't do it. I maybe do it 10 minutes before I go for a run, quickly just to activate, and the rest of the time I lie in bed because it's dark and cold. <laughs> or like Dave, you do it when you're in pain. <laughs> so so the whole thing... No and what and what I've also seen is that people have improved their times. People have taken half an hour, an hour off their times if they really get into doing the rehab and strengthening the kinetic chain and all of that. So what I always think when people say, oh, I want to run comrades, I straight away think, so what are you going to do? It's not just about the shoes. Are you buying into doing the whole rehab, doing all that prep? Yeah, the prep is, is crucial. And I mean, the, the knowledge and understanding of how to take care of your feet as well through the training. I mean, there's a lot of problems that can arise, such as, say, like blistering, ingrown toenails, the whole lot. And I know you like your ingrown toenails. Tell us a little bit about managing these sort of superficial foot issues as they come about. And even like in longer trail races, say, your feet get wet in the first two Ks. How, how you, do you as an individual manage these types of situations? So what's very important is that you need to make sure that your nails are always short. If you decide to road run, not to have long nails, and I'm especially speaking to the ladies, um, and also to have cosmetic procedures, I'm not going to mention, well, name drop what it is, but cosmetic procedures done on your, on your nails, what happens is that your nails automatically are then longer 
And then also they become thicker. So it takes up more space inside the shoe and that can cause more trauma to your nail. So first of all, your nails need to be short. If you get black toenails, it's because of biomechanics. It's either the incorrect <laughs> shoe or the way that you run or something. Mine are purple, so I'm, it's fine. I'm laughing because I've seen Davy's feet sometimes and they scare me. <laughs> black, black toenails, except... <laughs> Except I would say for elite runners, and I'm, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, no, I'm not name dropping now. I'm not referring to the two of you. Sorry. No, you can name drop now. I'm trying to prove a point. Carry on. <laughs> But it is um, obviously because of their mechanics and if you run at that pace, you run so much on your forefoot that you're actually going to grip more with your toes and that's why you're losing to toenails. But exactly. for everyone else, for, for everyone else, <laughs> black toenails is not normal. It's your mechanics where, where the problem comes in. Blistering, <clears throat> the same with blistering. So for longer distance running um, and especially trail running, I would suggest that you use um, Vaseline. On your feet, because what happens is it creates a barrier between your skin and the, um, the sock. and the sock and the sort of water and the external factors. Mm, interesting. I, I've I've um, put a I've heated up a needle before and <laughs> stuck it into my toenail to release the pressure. Yeah, that, in, that, that, any that thoughts? is what you. <laughs> is that biomechanics? <laughs> that is what you do. You can actually come and work for me. And do that with all the damage nails. Davey's not busy but enough. He needs a new job. <laughs> no, no, no. But we, we, we do it professionally, but that's what you do. Professionally, sort of. okay. My, co my colleague literally got a Swiss army knife, put a lighter over it, stuck it in, and just started twisting. I have a video. I'll show you later. We refer Delicious. to that as bathroom surgery. No, no, no. We, we've got sterile equipment. Everything I got an infection off twist. Yep. So. <laughs> It was fun. It didn't work out well. Now, what what about another thing I wanted to say is probably the, the shoe size that you didn't know at the 100%, start. Of this. Now that I'm thinking of it, maybe <laughs> half a size maybe why bigger. you need a size bigger. And to just make it clear for the listeners, half a size, am I correct in saying that usually the half sizes are a wider shoe, but it, wouldn't, yes. it won't necessarily be longer. No. So, so the best thing to do when you go to the shop, and this is where I can give you exact advice. You go yeah. to the oh, shop, you take the, interesting. You, you take the inner sole out of the shoe and without your socks, you just make sure your feet are clean and that you haven't been wearing slops all day. Then you stand, then you stand on top of the inner soles and you align your heel with the back and there needs to be a thumb's width between the tip of your longest toe. Now your longest toe can either be your first or your second, your big toe or your second toe. And there needs to be a thumb's width. And that is sort of the general rule of thumb to make sure that your that your shoes are the right size. And it's your personal thumb, not Wim Fricky's thumb. <laughs> no, 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 it's your thumb. Okay, okay, good to know. And what then, if you have small fingers? <laughs> then you'll have small feet and small toes. Science. Because because the morphology of your hands is the same <laughs> you know as the morphology say of your feet. No. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, don't start, David. <laughs> and I'll blush. the other question I have now is uh, numbness in the feet. That's also something that I get a lot of people asking about, sort of whether it's numbness in the toes or the underside of the foot or numbness that comes in during a run. So numbness is often is obviously something to do with your nerves. You are irritating nerves. So if the numbness, okay, what I'm referring to now is only numbness that starts while you're running because there's lots of other conditions that can cause numbness. If you experience numbness while running, it's because the shoe could be too narrow. It could be because the shoe is old. It could be because your socks are too thick. It could be because your laces are too tight. It mm. could be that your laces are too loose because with loose laces, you will find that your feet move around more on the shoe, which causes more friction, which can cause irritation of the nerves and can cause the numbness. Well, there you have it, folks. There yeah. you have it. <laughs> Last question. What's your favorite brand of shoes? <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't answer that now. 
Stop lees mijn kantwoord. <laughs> Wat? <laughs> Ik niet verstaan. Engels alsjeblieft. Um, just one thing that we, we got distracted. Uh, the mileage of a shoe. So yes. shoes used to be a thousand to a thousand two hundred kilometers when I started practicing many years ago. And what I found now, it's sort of between six and eight hundred k. But why? Why is it going down? Well, the technology that you the technology. <laughs> Stay tuned for episode two. <laughs> the technology that they use, but but, but it's not. I'm not, I'm not being nasty towards the brands. It is just the technology that they use. Maybe it's not as durable. But also you need to remember the midsole of the shoe wears out before the rest of the shoe. So what I find, I'm not very good at putting in the details when I buy a new pair of shoes and also logging all my kilometers. Mm. So the way I, so it's good that you've got an idea. I mean, really, in the perfect world, log when you bought the shoes, exact date, see how many kilometers you, you, you've done in the shoes. So and I mean, you have idea. apps that you can use yes. now. So connect your Garmin or whatever, yes. your Strava, connect the shoe to it. If you have the time, do it because it, it does help. But then also listen to your body. I know when I need shoes because my feet tells me. So I feel as if I'm running through my feet. I feel as if I'm running through my shoes. I feel like every step when I land, except if I've gained weight, but if I land, I can feel how my foot is taking all the strain. And then also in longer runs, my feet start to burn. 100%. So that is, sorry, the long way to get to yeah. the burning sensation of Listen feet. to your feet. And uh, the, to your feet. the interesting point that you said there was also the midsole of the shoe is what wears first. So if you're someone and you're looking at the bottom of your shoe and the bottom of the shoe is looking worn, the chances are that the midsole is completely destroyed already. absolutely so it's not even a question whether you should be replacing those shoes yes so if the if the outer sole is worn or the inner sole is worn excessively that midsole would definitely be worn and then also examine your shoe sort of get familiar with your shoe push on the on the sole see where it gives more way if you experience a niggle go to your shoe to that part where the foot's sitting and see what's happening in the shoe your shoe tells you a story well, there we have it. Now, I learned so much yeah. about shoes today and feet, and I really appreciate that because I was borderlining knowing nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it's been a lot of value to uh, to our listeners. Uh, the the closing question can can having well can your feet make or break your running? Yes, <laughs> in the podiatrist world, absolutely. I see it every day, and and that is, um, I, I would say, the most important piece of equipment when you run is your shoes. Because if you're in the wrong shoes, you know, yeah. it will have an effect on your feet. Yeah. But your feet can definitely make or break it. And the things that I, again, just see in practice is that if your nails are too long, one nail that's too long or one nail that you didn't cut properly can dig into the other toe and that can ruin your comrades. Mm. Or like a callus or something that you wore high heel shoes or that you've worn your slip slops that are worn out for too long that sort of niggled and irritated the foot and then you go out and run and you get injured. So, yes, in my world, obviously, yes. Thank you so much, Noel. It's been, Nolfi, it's been seriously you. insightful today. And we look forward to having you on the podcast again in the future. I'm sure we'll be able to chat a little bit more about certain specific injuries and how to deal with those injuries. But for today, thank you so much. And uh, I'm, I'm, I hope to see you on the road and a track more often. I know you've been pretty good recently, but uh, I think we need a goal. I think we need to, to set a goal. 
10k and PB. I, I think I need to come back to rehab with you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, free. No, but then just run one through thing, the pain. One thing that I just want to get straight. I'm actually a very fast runner. I'll beat all of you at track, but <laughs> I run slow that I can watch your mechanics. So uh, that's what I do. I go there and then just watch mechanics. So you don't have a foot fetish, but you got a mechanics fetish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do yeah. have a mechanics fetish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that she, she runs slowly so she can watch us all running. <laughs> <laughs> so when you lap me, it's not because you're fast, baby. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Nell. Thank you, Nell. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. If you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, and Radio Life and Style. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Making a Runner to follow the journey of our guests and our podcast and catch up on the latest news. Bye for now. Cheers, guys.